Welcome to Rugged Theology, a Mile One Mission podcast where we talk theology, church planting, and drink coffee. Hey, I'm Adam Diamond. I'm an intern at Mile One Mission. I'm Curtis Rogers. I'm a summer intern here at Mile One Mission. My name is David Drover, and I'm an intern here at Mile One. My name is Steve Daw. I'm the director of education for Mile One Mission and a, a pastor at Calvary Baptist Church. All right, guys. Welcome back. So our last episode, we ended off talking about the uh, effect of uh, church planters have had on Newfoundland and uh, just the negative impact that's left on Newfoundland and sour taste that we've gotten as Newfoundlanders. And we've also talked about why Newfoundland was so unique. So on part two, let's talk about, you know, why why that matters, let's say. You know, why should people really care? Okay, you've you've proved your point. Newfoundland's unique. So now now what? Like what do I do with that? So uh, what do you guys think for any planters or interns that we get coming from away, I come from away. What kind of issues are they going to face, given how unique Newfoundland is? Well, I think one thing right away is just that they're going to have to realize and that, I mean, the Mile One Mission model is kind of a slow model anyways. We're saying for all of our church plans at least five years um, before we kind of re-evaluate and assess whether or not, you know, this was successful or not. And a lot of the reason that is is because trust takes a long time to build with Newfoundlanders, especially if you're not from here. So whoever comes here, you're going to have to be patient. You're going to have to work really hard on building that kind of trust level. And well, also the fact that you might think there's a relationship when there's really not yet. Um, so they're just going to have to understand those cultural bound, like those cultural relationships and just how Newfoundlanders are and um, that level of loyalty and trust. And um, yeah, yeah. And I, I think that you, you actually have to remember the other side too, because though it will take a while to build that kind of relationship and that kind of loyalty, once you have built it, you've actually got friends, you've got a church behind you that will be able to function well and keep you uh, keep the gospel running. If the gospel actually finds purchase in the hearts of Newfoundlanders, mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I, th- I think you'll see is that the church will be a very strong one fairly quickly, as long as you put the time to put to build it well from the ground up. Yeah, uh, planters, if, you know, anyone coming from away, you've got a cultural boundary anyways that you're going to have to, yeah. a wall that you're going to have to, you know, figure out, climb over, charge through, however you get over, get, get past that wall. And the funny thing is, I think that means as well for anyone even from Canada that might come to Newfoundland will we'll, we'll face some difficulties. Yeah. I think it's important that we re- that people who come here recognize that even if Newfoundland looks similar to what you've had before, it's probably not. No, uh, I mean you can say that. I mean, someone coming here might say, "Yeah, we got the same spiritual atmosphere here. We've got the same type of thinking here," but you you really don't. I mean, we, we've talked about how unique our history is. And how grained religion has even been in our government, as Steve died. You mentioned that in our last one. Yeah, yeah. And you know that's only within what the last fifty years. 
Well, I mean, I went to a denominational school until I graduated high school. And I went to one, uh, grade four, entered the public school system. So that alone tells you how fresh... 23 years since they switched. Yep. I know, because it was um, the year I was born. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 there we go, right? Uh, you know, Newfoundlanders are still used to this religious atmosphere, and it's still a big part of who they are. Yeah, it, and in most of the negative ways, though, because, again, a lot of the a focus on the gospel and that kind of thing just isn't there because it was never really taught. So we've got all the negatives of all the ingrained religiosity, but none of the benefits of, you know, an actual deep Christian well in that sense. Mm-hmm. And that, and practically that means for, you know, interns and, and planters as they come, you'll probably notice that it's not super difficult to have, say, these religious conversations with people. But it's the moment when you say stuff like your church can't save you, you can't save yourself, when, you know, your really well-meaning, nice conversation about religion turns into something that you didn't want it to. (laughs) Well, as long as the the religious discussion remains abstract, most people don't have a problem with it. It's when it, it interacts with your actual life. Now, that's not different for Newfoundlanders than anybody else, but... Uh, how it interacts is going to be a little bit stronger here. Yeah, uh, once you, the minute you tell people that you know you don't really know God or your church can't save you, or uh, you know, you're not really. A, <laughs> I get in trouble for saying this one, but okay, where I'm coming from, if I don't believe in Buddha, I'm not a Buddhist. If I don't think that there is one God named Allah and Muhammad is his prophet, I'm not Muslim. If you do not believe that Jesus is the Christ, died for your sins and rose again on the third day, whatever you are, you might be a very nice person. You're not a Christian. But saying that out loud in Newfoundland is uh, them's fighting words. Yeah. And I mean, even biblically, those are fighting words. The gospel, it's, you know, it's going to offend people. Mm-hmm. And people um, like nature. We don't let go easily as Newfoundlanders. No. no. I mean, we remember what past governments have done to us through generations. We remember what another family has done to our family through generations. And we will darn well remember if someone offends us on religious grounds that we feel you have no right to tell us about. Well, I mean, you can still talk to people about what happened at Beaumont Hamill in Newfoundland. There's nobody alive who was at Beaumont Hamill. But we all remember it. Yep. There's yep. lots of pre or long ingrained uh, beliefs held that people hold to their religious traditions really strongly. I know if you if you go around asking people, you know, are you a Christian? They'll say so because their grandmother occasionally goes to Catholic mass. Yep. Right. It's it's this family tradition. It's not about relationship. It's just it's turned into ritual. And that's the that's what you no. Know, planters and interns are going to have to face here in Newfoundland. It's this long ingrained generational teaching belief thought process and that's highly you know communal mm-hmm. in nature and you know, you're going to have to invest your time like Dave said. You can't just come here and do a you know pop-up shop, you know, and in 2 years you got a church. That ain't going to work here. Yeah, you'll ha- you you can come here, spend an awful lot of money, try to do the pop up church thing, and 
in a few years, in two years, you'll be leaving and we'll be picking up the pieces again after that. We need to, we need to actually have people who want to love Newfoundlanders and seek to spend time here. I mean, as, as an intern myself, uh, there, I mean, no doubt, even just as a Newfoundlander, I've been frustrated because, you know, I was a pastor in another denomination and in interning and feeling like you're starting from the ground, from the ground up again. But it's, it's a learning process even for a native Newfoundlander. Yeah. Which is why that, you know, one or two years when, a, if a planter were to come from away is so vital because even for me, there's things I need to learn because I've lived in central Newfoundland, not on east coast Newfoundland. Let you alone, even have the accent. I mean, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I got the accent to go along with it. But even, yeah. there's things even I have to learn, let alone for someone who comes from away. Even even across the different places we're looking to plant, like somebody who grows up, say, in Kilbride, is going to have a far different experience as somebody who lives downtown or in Shea Heights. Like, even Absolutely. Just in our own city, there's a lot of cultural diversity of, of neighborhoods, right? So, Well, I mean, there are still places where they will just call themselves from their neighborhood, not from anywhere else. And I mean, it's it, it can be even meters in the difference. I mean, people who live on the campus of Memorial University are completely different from people who live in Rabbit Town, but they're across the street. And people from Rabbit Town are different from people from Georgetown, which is almost indistinguishable. Yeah, to, you, to unless you're from there, you don't know where that border is. You, you really don't. But you know if you're from Rabbit Town or if you're from Georgetown. It's just, it's just a fact, right? Yep. But I have to say, this th- this is also kind of exciting in a lot of ways. I mean, mm-hmm. when it comes to church planting generally, um, people want to say that it's, it, people talk about it being exciting in the abstract. What we're saying is that you have the ability to come to a place, to learn the place well and deeply, mm-hmm. to, by God's grace, preach the gospel to people and hopefully see some come to saving faith, and then help them to grow into disciples of Jesus Christ to the point that, you know, they will be uh, as loyal, as caught up, and as focused on being believers as they were uh, before they knew Jesus. I mean, it's it's not that this is all merely uh, a bad thing. This is exciting. I mean, let's face it. Which is more interesting to, to watch? God uh, redeem a place that was already kind of Christian or watch God redeem a place that honestly doesn't see Jesus very well. It's, it's and that's, I think it's a benefit of our five year plan because you come here and I mean, that's one thing I always wanted in ministry. Uh, the last just place to say where, minimum five year plan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, just, just for our Kilbride community church right now has been moved to at least six years because of COVID-19. So, you you know, but we've got this long-term plan and that's something that really even attracts me and my wife because in ministry, we always wanted to settle down somewhere, uh, which wasn't always the case in the denomination I was from max four or five years usually, but we wanted to stick down, get to know a community and invest in it, invest in the people there. And this is really attractional, attractional to me because I can not only just lay down my roots, but I can get to know people. I don't have to pick up and move in five or six years and have to get to know a whole other group of people. I can go there and say, I'm here with you guys for the long run. Mm-hmm. And like Steve said, too, I mean, 
it's exciting because of the messages that we're preaching, right? Like we get to go into these neighborhoods absolutely and preach the gospel, like, and, and to a place that really doesn't really know the gospel. So we, we're basically going there with this life giving message and, and hopefully, mm. I mean, I don't yeah. think we've necessarily experienced it right now, at least for three of us around the table. Cause we haven't actually been church planters or whatever yet, but me thinking ahead to potentially being a church planter and planning a church and seeing a neighborhood affected like that excites me. Like the fact that the words of life could come true and, and people would believe and, and repent and turn to Christ. Like that's a, that's a really cool, exciting thing. And of course too, uh, the plan that we have for networking churches more than just kind of throwing out a church plant and saying, fare thee well, go, go have a great church plant guys. We're actually networking with one another. The interns and planters that begin with mile one will know each other and they mm -hmm. will continue to know each other as the churches get built. And we do live in the same city. Yep. We, by God's grace, would be working together for years and years to come. Hopefully, Kilbride Community Church in 10 years is helping us to plant another uh, church. And, you know, uh, maybe with uh, Rabbit Town and and. and Calvary, we would be we we a bunch of us would be getting together to plant. I don't know, university or uh, Shea Heights downtown, Portugal Cove. We got so many areas that we can invest in. And although you know we we I mean we want to be honest about the challenges in Newfoundland. It, it's a hard place. It's called the Rock. We're isolated, and we mean the Rock. It's not it's not called the Rock for no reason. Our, literally, our rocks. Our ground is literally like you can't. You put your shovel in the ground, there's rocks. Like You can't just shovel away. There's rocks, there's boulders, there's everything in the ground. <laughs> yeah, the only reason my front yard has a lawn is because we trucked in a whole bunch of uh, soil so that we could hopefully grow uh, grass there. <laughs> yeah, we, we live on a big rock. And the people are just as rough, but just as beautiful. Um, I said that, I think, in the last podcast. But uh, no, it's... That's the exciting part. This is why we want people to come here. Absolutely. It's exciting to think about an area where you can get go in, settle down, but invest in, preach the gospel, and essentially you're bringing a light into communities that may not have any light and may never have had any light of the gospel. Right. Ever. Or at least not, not light lately. Yeah. Uh, it's exciting to think about going into a different community. And, you know... You look downtown, we have five, six, seven, eight churches. You can look on a map and be like, well, you know, why would you need a church there? But when you look at it, it's your United, it's Roman Catholic and Anglican, heavily Roman Catholic and Anglican. There's no evangelical church in those areas. And even well, in Well, often those, by design, sorry. Yeah. Well, e even in those areas, I mean, you mentioned all those churches, say there's all these churches here, but I mean... I, I would question how many people are even in those churches, you know, let alone evangelical ones. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even even the religious tradition of Newfoundland is which was prominent is declining as well. So, well, again, uh, the undergirding of the tradition has kind of fallen away since about 23 years ago, like uh, Dave was saying, because, I mean, we didn't really have a method of doing it of being Christian in anything other than cultural. And so when the culture turned against it, obviously mm -hmm. everything falls apart. And the result being that I think the Anglican church is looking to close half of their churches over the next 10 years. Yep, and, and unfortunately too, I mean, there is an element to that 
where people think they know what Christianity is. They think they know what religion is, so they're just not interested. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, like we were saying earlier, we, we know that real Christianity, the gospel, it's, it's different than yeah. what they, they would see as their religion. And I have to say, that's part of the excitement, because one Absolutely. of the things I found interesting being a Christian, you know, in Newfoundland and from here, is when you talk to people who think they know what the gospel is, or they think they know what Christian Christians really believe, and then you explain to them what we actually believe, as opposed to what they, you know, garnered from TV shows or what they've garnered from what their grandma says and usually honestly their grandma was pro- probably correct they just weren't listening very closely <laughs> but they they light up it's amazing they they think i didn't know that you guys believe that mm-hmm. um now of course there are there are going to be stressors cuz it's the savior of death to those who are dying and to life to those who are living so i think i mentioned this i worked with a girl one time and it was our first contact with someone who actually didn't know what christians believe I mentioned one time that we believe in Jesus with God, and she was like, we believe that? And I was like, well, okay, obviously you don't, but yes, that's what I believe. But no, like, what she meant was like, that's what Christians believe, that Jesus is God? Like, she actually had no idea. And I actually kind of got excited because I was like, well, now I have a chance to, you know, talk to a person who actually has never heard that Jesus is God, mm-hmm. which means they've likely never heard any semblance of the gospel. Yep. And it is really a mission field. It's It's exciting. Yeah, and it's a mission field where, honestly, you, you w- with limited things, you don't need to learn another language. You, mm-hmm. uh, there are some differences between what we would say and what uh, mainlanders say, but it's not a different language. You could, you're, you don't need to get a passport if you're Canadian because this is Canada. Yep. I mean, even though we've had people visit from other parts of Canada, and they say they feel like they're in another country. It's the same country. Well, yeah, yeah, and uh, and if you come here to visit, and you guys should once this COVID thing is over, mm. come visit. Uh, it feels different. I mean, than the rest of Canada. Not to say that the rest of Canada is better or worse. It's just it's different. Yeah, and we're not really saying no segue. We're not really saying that Newfoundland is more important than any other place to come, but we don't want it to be overlooked either. Absolutely. We. we uh, it's just in our province alone, because we're 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 based in St. John's, our capital city, and we're on the what's called the Avalon Peninsula, which actually has half of our population, mm-hmm. and we're not even half the size of our province, nowhere near it. No, but over mm-hmm. the five hundred thousand people, we have two hundred fifty thousand on this peninsula, and very 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 few evangelical churches. Whereas a city where you might walk five ten minutes, you know. In somewhere else in Canada or even the States, and you can come across you know, a Baptist church, a Pentecostal church, or some other evangelical church. Here, you walk five, ten minutes, you'll come across churches, but they'll likely be Catholic or Anglican or United. And, and only maybe come across churches. Yeah, maybe. Some of them are, and a lot of them will be closed. And of course, that's barring the fact that you forget that New, that St. John's especially has been urbanizing very quickly. Mm-hmm. So honestly, the number of churches that are in St. John's haven't kept pace with the population increase. No, I don't know how this uh, pandemic is going to affect the population increase, decrease. But I can remember last year, last summer, um, I tweeted it from Malwin Mission that you know, with our growth rate, we could plant a church every year with I think up to 
80, 70 or 80 people per church, and we would just be keeping up with the growth rate. We wouldn't be having a church for any of the people already living in St. John's. Mm -hmm. That's just keeping up with the growth rate. And, of course, that kind of accents the reason why we do need to do that because the people who are coming in generally speaking are from the from the bays where they had a had a local church but oftentimes when they come to the city they just don't join a church no um i I, sadly i know students from out in central where i pastored that were in my youth group to have come in and they're not part of any church yeah they haven't they haven't taken that step to find a church to call their own, it's, it's not they're not challenged by that. Right. And well, I mean, in a city where there are so few churches, it's not surprising that they wouldn't be. I mean, it, it does just doesn't come up. No, I mean, would I? You know, if I've gone to a, uh, well, you know, I was in a Pentecostal denomination. If I went to a Pentecostal church, and I live, you know, say a half hour walk from a church. And I have no vehicle, and there's no bus that gets there. And I don't know anyone. You're still probably going to church. Maybe, or maybe I'll just not go. And but if I live within, you know, ten minutes when it's in the community, not across town or anything, it's 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 different. Especially too with our weather here, and specifically, you mentioned like students. I mean, Mun is definitely an area that needs the gospel. very heavily and and a lot of students you know they need that extra little bit of a push to actually commit to going to something like that um well and i think it too it's uh, this is one of the other things about my one we're not aiming to just reach demographic popular groups or anything that we're aiming for neighborhoods Mm -hmm. so that means that we expect i mean the neighborhoods are going to be demographically different because different people live in different areas but we don't want to end up in a situation where we're just doing ministry to one group or another group uh, of the population. I mean, the idea for us, the reason I moved into Paradise, where Calvary Baptist is hoping to build our building, is because I want people on my street to see me walk to church. I want to be able to go talk to people across the street and say, hey, you want to you wanna join me? Uh, when they have trouble, they'll know the pastor lives over there. Yeah. Go talk to him. And that makes a big difference. It makes a huge difference than to be, oh, no, our pastor lives uh, in CBS. Right. Or our pastor, you know, we have a church in St. John's, but our pastor is in Paradise. Or we have a church in Torbay, but our pastor lives downtown St. John's. Which is interesting because there are churches in downtown St. John's and there are churches in Torbay. So, like, why don't they just change them? Trade. <laughs> Hey, I'll trade you my church for yours. <laughs> my house for your house. <laughs> well, though, I mean, th- this does kind of accent things, too, because uh, Newfoundland is very communal-minded. I mean, we saw that within the uh, uh, Snowmageddon thing last year. Uh, feels like last year. Yeah, that was well, this it's year. It's been a long year. Getting into the year. That was in, a- anyway, when Snowmageddon happened, I mean, people on streets just kind of h- started hanging out with each other. Because, you know, we couldn't go anywhere else because all the roads were full of snow. Yeah. Well, we walked down to our in-laws' house for some games. Yeah. Just because they're down the road. like. And we, we just started a crew of people on our street and just cleared everybody's driveway one at a time. My street wasn't so blessed, we'll say. Most, <laughs> mostly because in my street, I live in a very 
uh, student populated area. There's very few families, but the families that were there, I did get to know some of them. There was an older lady uh, up the road, and she lives by herself, so I went and helped her shovel. Her name is Sharon, and you know I still say hi to her every now and then, but at least I got to have a conversation. She actually has lived in that uh, little subdivision ever since it's been built. Like She says she remembers like all the gravel and the roads being put in. She was one of the first people to get a house there, and she stayed there. And it was really neat to learn that. Yeah. And, of course, the thing is, that's another exciting part about doing ministry here with us. We'd be aiming at getting you to be part of a local community. You get to know and to love the people around you and to see them come to saving faith by God's grace and to grow in the faith and to maybe see generations come after that. We're looking for the long haul. And we say that five years is a long time. We don't mean that five years is the end of it. No, we don't want you to come here for five years and take off. Uh, you know, a hard place to plant, and this is what Newfoundland is. We've already said it's called the rock. You ever try planting something in a rocky garden? It don't grow very well. It takes a lot of work to move those rocks around, to till that ground, and you really got to invest. We, we, we need people to invest in Newfoundland, to have it on your heart, to, to breathe it, just like just like you sleep, eat, and breathe the gospel. We need you. We want people who can sleep, eat, and breathe Newfoundland, and you just love its people. You love its communities. And you love its culture. Amen. If you want to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland, please visit us at mileonemission.ca.